0: everybody out there listening a very warm white cat welcome because you're tuned in to the white cat outdoors podcast
1: hey everybody episode 41 white cat outdoors podcast i'm your host tonight tom bringing you in for the final time i'm also here in the studio with my brother nick hey what's going on everybody and This episode, we are going to tie up the loose ends from our previous week's podcast. We're going to finish up talking about how we cut up our deer, the different cuts and whatnot that we do. But before we dive right into that, something very special happened today. PA archery season opened up. That it did. And we're uh, in between morning and evening hunts right now. We hunted till about 10 o'clock this morning came back to do a podcast, and we're going to get back out around 3 or 4. But real quick, I just wanted to go over our approach for this morning hunt and what we plan on doing for the evening hunt. Just going to do a live update throughout the season, how we're approaching our hunts. Yeah, so I'll hand the fork over to Nick, and he'll feed you a little story from this morning.
0: I am going to need a knife for this one because this one's real easy going, tender. Uh, so, like we've said in podcasts before, we've each got our own style um, of hunting. I prefer to stick closer to bedding um, than food sources, even earlier in the season. Um, it's just the way I do it, and it's worked well for me. Um, so, for today, we had a predominantly west wind. Um, so, what I did
1: was i guess i got two on the west side of bedding but um
0: with the whereas the the food source would be north of that it was basically yeah
1: the big food plot yeah
0: north east yeah northeast and then i was west of the bedding so um or east of the bedding right yeah because my scent was yeah this is getting bad get, <laughs> this is not tender. is not tender. tender, no. it's it's not it's tender. It's this tough, is a well done steak. Um, no, I, I, set up on the downwind side of bedding and I had four doe come through and none of them came in close enough to shoot, but, uh, that was my morning hunt. It was pretty uneventful. Um, had a bear Thursday night up in New York for their opener, but that was really it. Tom, let's see if you, uh, pulled your steak a little earlier. Um, bite into your approach.
1: Yeah, so I went with uh, the old betting trick too. And it didn't really work out the way I thought it would because I was kind of at the tip of the betting where, you know, I thought they'd be coming in. And I positioned myself, you know, so the wind was hitting me right in the face. And, you know, anything coming into the bedding was going to be a, a chip shot, you know, 20 yards. Well, I don't know what the deer were doing this morning, but they were all coming out of the bedding and circling downwind to me, and I got busted twice by a couple of big mature doe at separate times. And uh, yeah, it was weird because you know I just I figured you know they'd be coming out of the hardwoods into the bedding, and that's where they'd take a little afternoon nap. But yeah, in the morning they were coming out of the bedding, circling me, getting downwind, and then snorting and disappearing, so it was not a good way to kick off this season.
0: Did you hear that owl this morning?
1: Yes, I did hear the owl.
0: He was very close to me this morning. Scared the bejesus out of me the first time. Because he was like, he was moving around a little bit this morning, but he was probably, I mean, within 20 yards the first time he hooed,
1: if that's the proper term for an owl. Yes, it is. He hooed. But last night hunt New York, I did the old food source trick hunt it on our bean field and great bean field great bean field bumper crop as they call it but I just it was one of those deals where you just get surrounded by deer and you can't move because you always got someone looking in your direction and as soon as you move they're gonna be all eyes on you so i I tried drawing back a couple times and got a little bit of one dose attention but She didn't take off. She kind of just did that cool trick where they look at you and then they pretend to go down and feed and then lift their head back up real quick. But she didn't fool me. I knew that trick was coming, so I just hung tight. She tried it for a little while. But eventually, I had like 10 deer out in front of me. And right at dark, I couldn't see anything anymore. And I thought I saw the last of the deer disappear back into the. High golden rods, and I was wrong because I stood up to pack up. mind you, it's pitch black like I was in the stand for well after dark, trying not to bump these deer out, but tried you know standing up, but it turns out there was one left, and yeah that so it's it's been a rough season starter that deer snorted and stomped and took off, and yeah, but we're still, we're still getting after it. I hunt my little food plot tonight. We got a perfect wind in the forecast for it, and I pulled my car, or I had my dad pulled the car this morning because he walked right by it, and we've had bucks and coming out to it every night, right before dark. Actually, like the whole last hour, hour and a half before dark, they've been coming out and getting a bite to eat. So high hopes for tonight. I'm gonna shoot a doe, hopefully a buck. Nick wants me to shoot a buck because if I shoot a buck, he wins the lottery buck pool. So,
0: yeah. So I told him I'd buy dinner, so maybe he better get out there and kill a big buck. It Doesn't even have to be a big buck, just a buck. But let's get into the meat of this episode.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, man. Meat. That was
0: that was a good one. Uh, yeah, because we're you know a, talking a good... about cutting meat. Um, so, I guess, where we left off, I believe, was the deer was quartered. Um, one thing I wanted to pick up before that is to keep the neck
1: roast. I don't remember if we've talked about that or not. No. So, why don't you go ahead and explain how to get the neck roast. Okay. So, the neck roast
0: is located at the neck, of course. Um, basically, you just take... There, there's a pretty good chunk of meat right around the spine there. Um, and like in the neck there and you just cut that piece out that meat and then what it's great for is like a stew or any roast that you would do you just slow cook it in a crock pot um and you know it's just that's a good one you can put it on you know late morning after your morning hunt let it cook slowly all day and it's ready to go by the time uh you get out of the woods from your evening hunt so that's the neck roast and then i f- think what we'll do is we'll just go to the front shoulders, the back straps, in the hind quarters and just kind of me and Tom are going to bounce back and forth here. Um, he's going to do the front shoulders. I'll do the uh, back straps and then hind quarters and we'll just kind of tell you what we like to do with each cut and, you know, go from there. So Tom, now that we've got the necros done, we've got the front shoulders. They're off. They're on the cutting board. Um, what do you, what do we, or what do you like to do typically with front shoulder meat?
1: Typically, what I do is probably not what most people are going to do with their front shoulders, because you can cut some nice steaks out of the front shoulders. Not quite as nice as out of the hind haunches, but I I just debone the whole thing and turn it all into burger.
0: You don't do any. You don't t- usually. I thought you took that front roast off.
1: No. 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 I'm a big big sausage guy,
0: a uh, big burger guy. That's one thing. I'm also a big fan. We do a lot of ground. Um, one, it's really easy to do and two, it's just, there's so many different ways you can use ground, whether it's mixing seasoning into it later and making sausage, um, meatloafs, meatballs, tacos, enchiladas, lasagna, spaghetti. I mean, I could go off on Forrest Gump on you right now, if you want, saute it, broil it, shrimp gumbo, shrimp salad. No. There's all kinds of different things you can do with venison burger. Um, but like Tom said, he doesn't take any steaks out of the front shoulder and just grinds that up. Um, that's, I mean, that's what we do with most of them. A lot of times I'll take a front shoulder, roast out. There's a small um, roast on the front shoulder that works really well for that. Um, but then the back straps, I've heard of guys cutting back straps for jerky, and I, I can't bring myself to do it. Um, the backstraps are actually the only part of the deer that we keep for steaks. Or am I wrong on that, Tom?
1: No. Well.
0: At least the the deer I cut up, I don't, that's the only time, the only steaks I keep are off the backstraps.
1: Yeah, well, I guess the tenderloins would kind of be a steak.
0: Yeah, I don't, I'm, those have already been eaten, remember? Yeah, yeah. We talked about that last episode. Those get thrown on the grill that night.
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I just cut the backstraps into about a two inch wide chunks the whole way down just slice it two inches two inches two inches all the way down and basically the best way we cook them is you cut them butterfly them open so they're you know half that be one inch one inch yeah and you know flatten or open season it with just
0: like you do like a lot of times uh with like filet mignon they butterfly the steaks it's the same idea.
1: Yeah. Butterfly them. Salt, pepper, garlic powder, onion powder. Oh, what's this here sauce? A1 sauce, if that's your thing. It's not my thing. But
0: there's what's this here sauce in A1
1: sauce. Really? Mm hmm. Do you know what's in what's this here sauce? A1 sauce? No. Something you probably wouldn't think. Hit me. Anchovies. Really? Yep interesting. Yeah.
0: I was shocked too. But grab that what's this here sauce out of your fridge and anchovies.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, we usually just cook them like you'd cook any old steak, medium rare, rare. No more than medium rare. You're getting into medium and medium well then you're you're overdoing it. Making dog treats. Yeah. But Another little thing that we've done just recently is, I believe my dad talked about it, cutting the mm -hmm. back straps into, like, one-inch by one-inch cubes, Mm -hmm. and then take a jalapeno pepper, cut it in half lengthwise, scrape out all the seeds, put a slice of cheese in there, your cubed back strap, wrap it in bacon, put a toothpick through it. Skewer toothpick through it put it on the grill when the bacon's done it's ready to eat another recipe So this this is kind of how I felt like this episode was going to go
0: anyways we're just going to talk about different things to do with uh, each cut Um, I got to give credit to our buddy Let Fly Larson out there Jared Uh, he has one hell of a recipe for backstraps Um, we prepared them last uh Hunting season for the buck pull party. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna take a large portion of the backstrap, probably sixteen inches or so, and he butterflies it open, kinda like cuts it open like it's a sub roll. And then what you do is you spread a little cream cheese, you put some chives in there if you want, put mainly cream cheese, and then you wrap the entire backstrap in bacon and you pop that bu- baby in the smoker. Whew. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. So that's another really good way to enjoy uh, the backstrap as well. Tom, do you have any
1: other fan favorites with the backstrap? Yeah, same thing. Like a 16-inch, you know, big enough to put on a cookie sheet. Cover it with your seasonings, whatever, however you like to doctor it up. Put a few strips of bacon on it. Put it in the oven at 350. In the oven? Yeah, Mm. 350 for 20-25 minutes. The uh, middle will be just like a pink ring the size of a quarter. And you just slice that up into inch slabs. Got perfect, uh, how do they do it? Prime rib, I think, is how they do that. That's how they do prime rib. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So prime venison backstrap.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can't say I've ever had it that way.
1: I cooked it for Carly for Valentine's Day. Wow. What, what a gentleman. Venison well, yeah. backstraps back straps for Valentine's Day dinner.
0: You know what? You know, there's a lot of girls out there that will never have a man that'll do that for
1: them. I know. It's unbelievable.
0: So, you know, it is a ways from Valentine's Day. But, men, while you're out there hunting it up, you tell your wife, you know, baby, you got to, you got to, I got to keep grinding out there in the woods. And I got a big surprise for you later in the year. It's going to pay off. And you get that big buck and you save a piece of that backstrap. And then on Valentine's Day night you say, Honey, we're not going out to dinner tonight. I'm gonna cook for you. And you set the mood, you know, you spread the
1: rose petals out, and you cook her up some venison backstrap and huh. Putty in your hands. Yeah. You probably even shape it into a little bit of a heart or something, or no. I don't see why not. Man. Yeah. But another thing we should talk about is it's a very controversial topic going on in the meat processing industry these days. And that's oh, okay. silver skin. How controversial is this oh, in, in the meat industry? It's, it's a hot topic right now. It's
0: So I'm not deep into the meat industry. So <laughs> No, Nick, Tom, you're
1: not deep at all into the meat industry.
0: No, I'm not. Uh, so, Tom, if you could really plunge full force... Uh, Tell us about the meat industry and wh- what's the, what's everybody talking? Do you, do you put the, do you leave the silver skin on? Do you take it off?
1: Yeah, that's basically it. I take it off the silver skin for those of you guys out there that don't know is that silver skin. Wow. <laughs> Are you? Wow, Yeah. So, right there in the name, huh? Yeah. On top of the back straps. And I tell you what you try and put, a hunk of meat with some silver skin on it through a grinder, and it's gonna clog it up, and it's just mm-hmm. a, it's a pain. It makes your meat tough, and for as easy as it is to cut off, I, I, yeah, you just cut off the silver skin.
0: Okay, so where's the controversy here? Is there a lot of people that say that your meat should not be?
1: Well, I think there's just a lot of people that don't do it. They don't like go the extra mile
0: well that's one of the benefits of processing your deer at home like we said yeah um is that you get to take the extra time to get the silver skin off
1: yeah it gets rid of a lot of that gamey taste yeah no that's
0: that's a a good little tech tip i can't believe that that is
1: even controversy oh it's huge i'm surprised you haven't seen it on youtube or buzzfeed lately it's always on buzzfeed yeah but yeah removing that's pretty simple it's kind of just like Laying a perch. Yeah. You, just, you know, when you play your perch, you flip it over and you just run your knife right along the scales into the meat. Yeah. Basically, all you're doing is thin little strip right off the top.
0: Yeah. it's that silver skin.
1: Yeah. But I wonder where it gets its name. But another little trick if you're going to grind your meat is to... Get a little chill on it. You know, cut it up into grinder-sized chunks and put it in the freezer or fridge for a little while. Stiffen it up a bit. Get it nice and firm. You want to you wanna put good, firm meat through the grinder. You don't want soft, gooey, warm meat because then it's just going to oh, clog up your grinder too. But if you can get it half frozen, yeah, that's going to that's gonna go through the grinder like nobody's business. I agree. So, Couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's always that's why you know, I mentioned last episode that we let our if we can, if weather permits, let our deer hang for a night because that'll that firms it up quite a bit, makes it a lot easier to work with. But you know, once you you get it chunked up, if you can get that halfway frozen, that's that's the best way, I think, to grind it. So while we talk about grinding and stuff,
0: we might as well get on to our The hindquarters, where there's a lot of different things you can do with the hindquarters. As Tom said, steaks. There's a lot of good steaks off the back. Um, We don't typically do it.
1: We always just cut the roast out.
0: Yeah, the roasts. And um, you can also do a ham, obviously. um, But a smoked venison ham is actually absolutely delicious. So, I mean, if you've got a smoker, your options are endless when it comes to your meat. You can do whatever you want with it. and Once you get good at it, everybody's going to be asking you for a piece of your meat. So, It's true. I thought you were going to go farther than that.
1: (laughs) No, I was just agreeing with you. Okay. I thought you were going to go into cutting the roast out.
0: Well, yeah, so to cut the roast up, so if you look at uh, the hind quarter, there's basically going to be like three um, separate muscles coming off of It's hard to picture it in my head, but basically there's three muscles that are around the bone, and with your knife, or actually your fingers, really, you can separate those three sections off of them, and you just take your knife and slowly cut them apart. Um, And there's actually like the silver skin around it, Um, so they pull apart real easily, and then you just take your knife right across the bone. Um, and those three parts all come off pretty easy. And then, like Tom said, you can turn them into roasts or um, steaks. A guy, when I was in college, we had a guy that would use like a bone saw, and he'd, he'd freeze the quarters rock solid and then slice them into steaks. So it was like almost, it looked like a, there was a little bone in the center and everything, and they were actually pretty good.
1: So, um, just to help you guys visualize this, if you're looking, sitting down looking at your own knee, Pretending it's a deer quarter. So those roasts, they're going to come from, like, the bottom of your thigh. Yeah, there's one and then two and then on the top. two on kind of each side that wrap and kind of meet at the top.
0: Yeah, that's a good analogy. Right. Uh,
1: yeah, that would be an analogy. I thought analogy was this is to this as this is to that or something.
0: Yeah, this oh, yeah. leg is to a deer leg.
1: Yeah. But yeah,
0: this is an English class. No, it's not.
1: But yeah, so basically, the best way I've found to do it is if you basically just start, you know, in the crease of the knee, and you can just follow your knife
0: right on that bone, right
1: along the bone all the way up to that hip socket that you we pulled out that we talked about earlier, and that'll cut it off the bottom of the bone, and then you can you basically just peel around it, yeah, and the the bone. Come out nice and easy, and you.
0: And that's another reason why chilling it helps with all this stuff is like everything, almost, uh, when you chill them, it almost like shrinks a little bit, um, it like almost tenses up, if if you will. Yeah, we learned
1: about this in science class.
0: Yeah, and then what happens is that it it's easier to differentiate between the two or the three sections, um, and then like Tom said, use your knife, right across the
1: bone and slice them off. So, once someone gets a deer. We'll videotape ourselves. It's it's tough to explain without visual. Actually, would be a good videos have Luke recording. Yeah, so we'll dough try dough. and do that for you guys, and then we'll explain what we're doing and why we're doing it.
0: Well, you said you got deer coming out to your food plot every night, so yeah, you should see it tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah, probably. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna shoot a doe tonight. Come on, just 'cause we're going. To, yeah, I'll, yeah. If given the opportunity, yeah.
0: What a delicious treat that would be at the cabin.
1: That would be. That would be. It'd give us a late start on things, but weather's actually just right to let them hang, so. Yeah, it's true. It was uh, high 30s this morning. Yeah. So. But, yeah. And real quick before we wrap things up, we'll just talk about, you know, what we do with our grind. Like I mentioned, you know, we cut it up usually. To be truthful with you, be truthful with you. What I do, honestly, Nick, I the whole front quarter, I cut up and I just debone the whole thing. There's no rhyme or reason. I just make sure I get all the meat off the bones, and I cut them up into chunks big enough to put in the grinder. Put them all in a tote, and then here's how I do my deer. Steaks out of the back straps, no question. That's all. All steaks is out of the back straps. I cut the hind roast, the one that's on the on the very back of the thigh. That's i do a roast and I'll do that in like a, a stew or something. That's a that's a great cut there. It's about a pound and a half, two pounds. Yeah, like a miniature football kind of shaping thing.
0: Like a nerf football.
1: Yeah. But yeah, basically you just Take that roast, throw it in a crock pot, dump a can of jenny beer on it, cut up some mushrooms, onions, carrots, potatoes, throw that in there, put some chicken bouillon in there, maybe a little gravy powder, thicken up your broth a little bit, and let it slow roast on low or medium for about 12 hours. And then you just you open the lid, and the steam will hit you in the face and smell real nice. And you can taste basically just take a fork, scratch that roast, and it'll just
0: It's gotta cook for a long time to do yeah. that, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Like twelve hours on Did you say that? Yeah. Oh jeez. You were making stupid faces <laughs> that, that did happen. Yeah. And it's like uh basically just fall apart like a pulled pork. But venison. Yeah. And... yeah. Anyway, so that the bottom of the back of the thigh is what I make roast. And then the two side pieces that wrap around to the top, chunk those up into burger. Are you just going to sit here and talk about your side piece? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chunk those up into burger, into grind pieces, put that in the tote, put it in the freezer for an hour or so, let it firm up. And then, and then I got to ask myself, Tom, what am I doing with this grind? Because I'm going to put it in the grinder, And there's so many different things you can do with it. If, usually what I'll do is I will set some aside that's for chili and lasagna and meat sauce and stuff like that. In that, I'll just run through straight venison, straight venison meat. And then you just bag it into pound bags or whatever you want to do, put it in the freezer, you're done. But if I want it for burger... I do a 50-50, burger or sausage for that matter, I do a 50-50 mix of deer venison and pork butt. And the pork butt just helps add a little fat content to it, makes it stick together real nice. Because if you try and make just a straight venison burger, you're going to put it on the grill and it's going to crumble apart and it's going to be a pain. That's why I mix it 50-50 with pork butt and you got 10 pounds of deer meat 10 pounds of pork butt 20 pounds of burger Works really well well your math is spot on tom thank you i know i know but yeah so you just mix the chunks together throw them through the grinder hand mix a little bit throw it through the grinder again and then you take whatever you want for just for making hamburgers you know pack that meat away Put it in the freezer. You're done. Break
0: out the Weston pat- Patty Maker is what you do.
1: Yeah, that's how we do it. And I wasn't gonna get in into detail about with that, but since you brought it up, what is it? The Weston Patty Maker? Yeah, yeah. It's, look it up. It's they're great.
0: Yeah, not a sponsor or anything, but they. It's insane. Basically, what it does is it's an attachment to your grinder, and as fast as you can dump the meat into your grinder, it uh presses them into a patty shape and it's basically you do it's made for doing two patties and basically it pumps the one uh channel basically that's like a patty shape with meat and then when that one's finished you just slide it over that patty drops off while it's filling the other one and then when that one's filled you drop it or i mean you slide it back drops that patty out fills the other one you can start ripping through patties I mean, without exaggeration, you're probably cranking out a patty every eight seconds, if that. Yeah, just as yeah, as fast as you yeah. can move it back and forth. Like you've got patties are being made eight seconds at a time. It's probably five. It's yeah,
1: it's quick. It's awesome.
0: It's a great little tool, and um, we
1: we put eight to a gallon bag. So you take, you know, four and four stack them on top of each other, and it fits in a gallon bag, perfect. And, yeah. yeah. So then you do that, and then whatever you have left, you want to make that into sausage. What we do is we mix our seasoning, and we either do bulk sausage, where you know you mix your seasoning in, run it through the grinder again to mix it really well, and then you just pack it up into pound bags if you want to do bulk sausage, or if you like the tubed meat, then we always use lamb, intestine. lamb intestines or hog intestines, natural casings. They work really well. You just you know you got to get another attachment for your grinder like a long metal tube, basically. And screw that baby onto the front of your grinder. Slide your hog casing or lamb intestine casing, whichever you prefer, onto the metal tube. Kind of twist the end. Knot it up a little bit. And you got to do this slow. It, you can't just, you know, be throwing meat in as fast as you can because you're going to Yeah, blow it's not it, like the but, patty maker. Yeah, you're just going to blow right through your casing. Kind of got to figure out the right pace to pack it full but to not burst out the side. And yeah, you just keep filling your tube with meat until you're out of tube. Pretty simple Tough yeah. to visualize without a video, but like I said, we'll just think back to health class. Yeah, packing your meat with pack, yeah. Health class. <laughs> anyway, we'll get a video <laughs> for you guys that'll go along with this podcast. But that's uh Pretty much wraps up how we do it. We're not, we don't really typically get super fancy with the little smokies and no. stuff like that.
0: Nope. But it's deer season and me and Tom got to get back out in the woods. Um, spoiler alert, Frank is home. Um, so next week,
1: he'll uh, be signing us on. Yeah, Frank, is, will offici- Frank will be back officially.
0: Frank will be back officially. He's going to tell us all about Alaska. He's got some. Uh, Great stories, close encounters with a large brown bear. Um, And I'll just leave you with that. So until then, get outside.